If you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in the band. That lead guitar is hot, but not for a Louisiana man. So raw's enough that both are faded love and let's all dance. If you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in the band. Davis, to step up in the pocket, gonna heave it for the end zone, and it is caught! It's caught! It's a touchdown! To have a touchdown, Whitley going to throw, throws back! He's gonna get it! He's in the end zone! Oh, Howdy, everybody, and welcome into the first installment of the Clear Eyes, Full Hearts podcast. My name is Jordy Toit, and I'm accompanied by my good friend and co-host, Tobin Alderman. Tobin has some of the brains and all of the credentials that we needed to start our own Texas high school football podcast. Tobin, when I talk about credentials, I'm referring to your coaching history and all the friends that you've made, whether it was through coaching or just people that happen to be coaches through other events. You kind of want to tell everybody about your background before we get going. Yeah, for sure. Uh, glad to be here and glad to start this off with you, Jordy. My coaching credentials started back in 2015, graduated college from Texas A&M. Um, you know, didn't really know what all I was going to do right out of co- uh, college. Uh, so went back to my hometown, um, sub for a little bit, and uh, just really saw those guys out there coaching and uh you know, I always been into sports and just, it was something I felt like I wanted to do and uh, to give back to my community. Um, I coached back in my hometown. So what I did was, is I coached three years of high school football, three years of high school basketball, and three years of high school baseball. During that time in football, I was uh, an offensive line coach and a defensive line coach. However, I got to coach with some brilliant minds and uh, learned some really good things when I went to coaching school in San Antonio, if there are any high school football coaches that are listening to this, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, And that's just a little bit about my credentials. I've been to the state championships multiple times. I'm basically there uh, every year in December. Uh, I guess this year was January for the five five and six A schools. But yeah, those are some of my credentials. Uh, Nothing too crazy, but it's just something I'm really passionate about and uh, something I love to follow. Yeah, and uh, I coached O-line at a junior high for two years, so there's that. (laughs) Heck yeah. But in all seriousness, we start, Tobin and I have been shooting the bull, hanging out, talking about high school football since we've met each other back in college and recently started a sports blog over at Dash Sports, mostly covering collegiate athletics in the state of Texas. And Tobin came to be about starting a high school football podcast. And uh, I thought it was a great idea most of the time because most of where the people we grew up with and the people that we know and where everybody's from is small town Texas. And, you know, unless your team is going to be making a state run or you're from Carthage or a powerhouse like that, you're not going to get a lot of attention to your program. And it's it's just not as much like obviously the pride within the city limits is amazing and within your counties and stuff like that. 100%. But at the same time, it it, it would be cool to get a bigger audience on – what you consider your hometown like what what's prideful to you uh what's important to you your hometown and, and your roots 
Yeah. So, I mean, we'll be having people on. Tobin's a Central Texas guy. Was that 254? The 254, yes, sir. Yeah. And I'm more of a 979 guy, married into a uh, 432 over in West Texas area code. And uh, we got lots of friends in East Texas. So we've got connections around the state. We may not be as plugged as some other media platforms, but we're going to do our best job of getting all the small towns, their voices. And we're going to just, you know, we're just going to have fun with it and talk sports. Yeah. So uh, 100%. that's what we're here for. We're here for, you know, people that want to listen to, like we talked about high school football, not just the big schools and the, you know, um, the, the flashy ma- matchups every week, but also give those small towns their due diligence and, uh, you know, give them some love because like we talked about, there's nothing like going to a town of 2000 people on a Friday night and, there's just all you see in the middle of the town is the blinking light and all everybody's at the stadium. There's just yeah, everything's closed on main street and you think it's a ghost town. And then you go by the football field and there's more people there than that. We're ever at, you know, some of these bigger, like the, the, the powerhouses and like, yeah, their stadiums are gonna be packed, but like a lot of those Houston schools that, you know, they're just average teams. The, I mean, they have more kids in one school than some of these towns have, but yet that Mm -hmm. Friday night football game is going to have, more people than theirs than theirs will because the support's just not the same. The culture. Well, and then you the it, not even just the football. You have the band, the drill team, the cheerleaders. You know, and yeah, uh, it's it's so much more than just the game in the small towns. It's the entire night. It's everything that leads up to it. It's the pep rally at school. Oh yeah. It's it's the sharing your jerseys with the teachers. It's the mums at homecoming. It's the band marching on the field before games. Sometimes not so much with COVID, but. And then the performance at halftime, it's the drill team, it's it's the cheerleaders, it's everything that goes into it and all these different aspects of life coming together just to support and be one community one night a week. Yeah, I think uh, the best way to say it is that Texas high school football is just a way of life here. Our goal here on the Clear Eyes Full Hearts podcast is to provide interviews and perspectives from around the great state of Texas from 1A to 6A from the wing tee to the spread, and everything in between. If they're playing football in the state of Texas, we have you covered. Hey, y'all, we're here with Coach Philip Gibson of the Waco Conley Cadets. Coach Gibson, we just have a couple of questions for you about your role with the Conley Cadets. Tell us a little bit about your duties on the field. Yeah, great to be with y'all guys. This is my actually my third year going in at, for the cadets. I've been the special teams coordinator, and then I also coach the H-backs and tight ends um, for the cadets. So it's been a been a good time there. You know, we've had a good run the last last couple of years. So looking forward to another season. Yeah, for sure. So I know this this week y'all start off with the with Waxahachie Life. Um, what are you looking to see it from your guys in that first game? Yeah, you know, we had a couple good scrimmages versus Lorena and Franklin, and, you know, we're kind of cleaning up some things, hoping to carry the good into the first game, you know. Um, you know, basically what we're looking for coming out is, you know, you know how physical can we be, you know, um, how fast can we execute, you know, with our tempo, you know, coming off the ball, you know, and, and making sure we're, you know, everybody's on the same page executing the play. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a good one. Our kids have, have bought in 
to what we're doing and uh should be a good good uh season opener for us yeah for sure jordy uh, do you have any questions for coach gibson yeah uh coach got a quick question for you you know i was reading and uh doing a write-up on the crosby and carthage game this week and i noticed that carthage had had a pretty bad covid outbreak last week and had to cancel all activities have y'all had any issues this year going through with any of that you know what? Thankfully, we have not. We have not really had any issues, and and you know we, uh, you know we really stress to our kids. You know, I'm sure other coaches do too about you know trying to take care of their bodies, you know, sanitizing, you know, wearing a mask if they want to, stuff like that. You know, um, you know it's going to be another tough year. I'll, you know, I think everybody was kind of hoping it's in the past, but unfortunately, it's carrying over into this football season. You know, we just got to make the most of it. You know preach to the kids and coaches, you know, taking care of ourselves every day. We're just, you know, reiterating it, you know, making sure we're, you know, doing everything we can possible to get, you know, have us a great season and, you know, be here for these seniors and, and, and push them through, you know. Yeah, of course. No, that kind of leads me into my next segue of like taking care of your body and uh, y'all preaching that every day. What are some of the things that, um, you as a coach and y'all's program as a whole tries to instill to build that culture there at Conley. Yeah, I got you. Um, you know, one of the cool things that, that we do as a, as an overall program is we preach, uh, our slogan is we will win. And what that means is, you know, we're going to teach our students to have a competitive edge at everything they do. Uh, you know, not only for right now in the present, but also for the future, you know, one of the main things that we try to, tell our kids is you know we want all of our student athletes to have success and we want to win in that classroom you know if we can take care of that uh you know give us a great chance and you know being a great teammate you know winning in their relationships with their family and friends too you know it's not just all about the field of you you know you got to take care of your family you know those relationships matter same with your teachers your friends you know if you can do all that then you know as an overall program you know, we have a great, great chance to, to be successful. Yeah, for sure. No, I definitely, so that's, kind of, that's kind of what we preach to our kids. So it's a good deal. Yeah, no, I definitely like to hear that, you know, not just setting them up for high school, but setting them up for life, uh, you know, life lessons. That's awesome. Awesome to hear. Um, Philip, uh, yep. could you talk a little bit about what goes into your week as a coach? Uh, what do you, what do you do to prepare for a game? Yeah, you know, with our staff, you know, we start out on Monday mornings and, you know, we meet at 5.30 on Mondays. We actually moved last year to practice in our varsity and JV in the mornings, um, which is kind of different, but it's it's actually been really good for us. So we're on we're uh, meeting as a coaching staff at 5.30, and then kids are uh, showing up. At 6.30, we're on the field by at least 6.45. We're cranked up, ready to go. Um, so that's how we start off every Monday. And we actually will have the kid – we'll practice. You know, we'll do a little bit of offense, defense. So we'll start out with offense. You know, we've been doing about 12 periods offense with the varsity. JV will be defense. And then we'll flip. Because we have enough coaches, you know, we have a coaching staff of, of 12. So we have six 
defensive coaches and then we have six offensive coaches so it's great for us you know to focus on one side of the ball mm-hmm. and uh so when we have our offense you know the, our our defensive coaches are coaching the jv and then we will flip you know have a break at 13 and then we'll flip and come back with 12 periods more um you know then we, we're off the field by 8 30 the ki- kids are in class by 8 45 8 50 um you know then they'll go to school all day and then we we actually have freshmen athletics at the end of the day so that's when we'll jump into the freshmen and you know the main deal with our program is the same offense and defense we're running at the varsity and jv level we're doing that at the freshman level we're doing that at the junior high level that way when they get to the high school they know exactly how things are going to operate you know and and all the you know signals on offense how we're going to block it you know same on defense you know running our base defense you know knowing where to fit making the coverage calls stuff like that um, you know, that's just an example on, on Mondays and we will actually bring our kids back after school and we'll get us a, a quick lift in right after school. And, uh, and, uh, and then on Tuesday and Wednesdays, we'll do the same thing. We'll go 12 and 12 offense, defense, come back after school, hit mm-hmm. some special teams on Tuesday and Wednesday and, uh, with a quick lift again on Wednesday. And then, you know, Thursday, we'll pretty much, uh, you know, hit some special teams um, at practice, you know, go through some field. offense, defense quickly, a little quick kick to field, you know, and then and then it's we will win on Friday. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of Friday, Coach, what's the one thing that you're looking at Waxahachie and kind of like the biggest challenge they're going to bring to your team this week? Yeah, the, the biggest challenge we're kind of looking at at Walks at You Life, we were actually going to play them last year, but with COVID hit, uh, we we did not play them because it, I think it hit them. And so we picked up Sunnyvale. And so we got back into Walks at You Life this year. But they're they're pretty athletic. You know, they're actually, you know, got the same pretty much type of kids we got. Um, you know, they, they run the midline on uh, – on offense and then on defense, they, you know, they run a four-two-five, and and they like to blitz a lot. So you know, we've been making sure we're we're on our you know we're on our toes about the blitzes and blitz pickups and and uh, you know what we're going to do there. And you know, the kids have responded well, and and we feel pretty good about going into Friday. Definitely. You know, you talked a little bit about uh, what they run. They run midline and that four-two-five. Can you speak a little bit to what y'all do offensively and defensively? Uh, you don't have to go into too much, too much detail. Obviously, you don't want to give your way your game plan. Just y'all base packages. Yeah. So on offense, we're a we're a pretty much a up tempo spread. You know, um, you know we like to spread the guys out. You know, get it get it to our best playmakers. You know, we're fortunate at Conley to have, you know, quite a few guys right now that are, you know, highly recruited and, and, and all that. And, you know, we're, we're trying to get the ball to them out in space and, and let them run with it, you know, trying to, trying to get plus one on either, either side of the ball and, and turn them loose. And, and we've been fortunate to have those guys the last two years and going into year three. And so we're looking to keep it going, you know? Oh yeah. I'd want to get that Wisner kid the ball as much as I could. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a, uh, He's the real deal, and uh, you know he was only a sophomore last year. He had a great breakout year, and and uh, I'm just telling you, you know, a lot of people heard of him, but he's going to have a big year, and and he'll be well known. 
Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I, I keep up with the recruiting and uh, he has a lot of offers from major schools, but it's just going into his junior year. So if he has a big year, it could really, he could explode onto the Texas high school football scene. I'm, I'm just looking right yeah, now. He's, and he, he's about a, what, a four-star with the 93 ranking right now. And that's just as one year on varsity, if I'm understanding that correctly, right? Yeah, you're exactly right. Yep. Yeah, so he's going he's gonna to pop off. That's, well, and that's, that's also with uh, y'all losing y'all's quarterback last year that took a lot of the, uh, you know, the offensive load. Uh, and he he just left for Sam Houston. And I believe he's going to go play safety over there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Kavion Gaither. Yeah, he was a, he was actually a four-year letterman on the varsity. And he played a lot of quarterback for us. He played some uh, safety and outside backer. You know, we used him everywhere. You know, he even played a little running back last year, played some receiver as a sophomore. Uh, you know, he was a, a great young man, you know, took care of himself in the classroom. Um, that kind of brings me to, you know, I guess one of our last points, um, you know, talking about some of these guys that are looking to go D1 and uh, D2 and, you know, some of these guys that maybe, you know, have to go the JUCO route. Um Obviously, you know, y'all coach, y'all have a lot of athletes over there at Waco Conley. What are some of the things that set the guys, you know, that make it to those D1 and D2 schools, uh, I, I guess, set them apart from guys that are just as athletic as them? Yeah. You know, I think some of the, you know, the things, you know, w with the type of kids we got at Conley and, you know, we get a good mix of, you know, all kids, you know. Um, from all different backgrounds. And so the main thing with us is, you know, trying to, you know, set that culture, you know, of the we will win, you know, and, and, and sticking to our core values and really preaching that every day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that helps out tremendously. You know, when kids come from all different backgrounds, you know, you, you, they could go one way or another. And, you know, we've done a great job as a coaching staff, uh, Know, really pouring into these kids' lives and and being there for them, and uh, you know the main the main some some of the main core values that we kind of preach to our kids are you know you know effort, attitude, you know responsibility, you know being physical, you know stuff like that, and you know when you know and the kids that have went on to play, you know they really bought into that and carried it over into the field, and you know obviously we got some talented guys and. And they took it and ran with it and, and took the coaching and was extremely coachable. And, yeah. you know, we've been fortunate to have, I mean, we've had probably, you know, I think it's around maybe 14 guys over the last two years, you know, go play 12 to 14. I'm just thinking off the top of my head, but it's a pretty good amount. And we got a few, a few coming up too. Man, I bet it's fun to, you know, those guys, especially when they're coachable. Yep. Oh yeah. It's, it's been a, it's been a fun deal. You know, I've really, I've really enjoyed getting to work, you know, with our type of kids, you know, and it's been great. Hey coach, real quick before we let you go, I got two quick questions. Number one, looking at the rainy rankings and I can see that China Springs is up there. Would you say they're kind of the, yeah, I'm not going to ask you to kind of predict anything, but would you say they're one of the tougher outs in y'all's district this year? You know what? They are. They are. Uh, they're bringing a lot back. Um, you know, us in Salado, we're pretty uh, senior heavy out of our district, and, and they're bringing a lot back. And, you know, they're, they're uh, you know, Dave Campbell's and many other, you know, 
got them predicted up there pretty high, you know, and, uh, you know, that's who, who we're coming for. And, and, uh, you know, our kids, you know, they, you know, they're, I think the way that, you know, we're going to preach to them and, and talk to them about it. And I think they're going to take it and run with it. They'll be excited. You know, us and, and China has been a, a pretty good little rivalry over the last two years. We've, we've, uh, gotten, gotten a, pretty good ball game man it's came down to the last play the last two years and we've been fortunate to be on the winning side and and it's been pretty heated so we're looking looking forward to this year uh they got some guys that can play and they're very well coached um so we're yeah, looking just, forward to that. that that's actually our last game of the year so dang so that could be deciding your district championship right there yeah yeah yeah, it, it has my um, in the nineteen team that we had when we went twelve and one. Uh, we played them. I believe it was that last game, if I remember right, and uh, it was a, it was a good game. And then last year we went over there to their place, uh, tied it up at the very end of the game, went for two to win it, got lucky, had a had a fumbled snap, and and uh, Gaither recovered it real quickly and dumped it over the top and 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 we we won it so but they they had a great year last year you know they went i believe four rounds deep so they got a lot lot of experience coming back so it'll be mm -hmm. a, it'll be a good district real good district all righty and then uh my last question is, is I, ask, I ask every coach that i ever talked to this who's the uh best texas football player you've seen in person watch when you watched him play in person, um, I tell you what, man, that's man, that's a hard one out there. Holy moly! I tell you what, in person, I did get to see Kyler Murray from Allen, and that was that was pretty pretty impressive right there. Um, that's, that's an easy one. So I'd I'd probably have to go with Kyler Murray. I, I got to see him uh, play in the state game before, and that was that was pretty incredible. All righty. But uh, that, that's what I'd go with. Now, if I had to go with a guy that I've coached, it'd be Javion Sunday from uh, from Conley two years ago. And he was one of and the he's top up running at, backs in the state. He's up at Washington, right? Yeah, he's up at Washington right now. Okay. He had over 5,000 yards rushing uh, in his high school career. And, and he, he, was a, he was a man among boys. Well, Coach Gibson, I appreciate you joining us. Again, that was Coach Philip Gibson of the Waco Conley Cadets. Good luck to you, Coach. Thank you all for having me. I sure enjoyed it. Yes, sir. No problem. We have a nat national matchup this week between Mater Day out of California and Duncanville out of Texas. So after doing some research, uh, this Mater Day team is absolutely loaded. Uh, they're led by two – They have, in their 2022 class, uh, they have five-star Damani Jackson and five-star – who's committed to USC and five-star running back Relique Brown committed to OU. But the thing that stood out to me – where four out of the top 10 recruits in the state of California go to Mater Day. 
So um, that's going to be – they are absolutely loaded. Uh, not so much on the 2023 class, but this 2022 class for them is just something else. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Duncanville holds up because Duncanville is no slouch of them, they're for themselves. Number 15 in the country. Number 15 in the country, number five, number five and 6A in the state of Texas, and that is between 6A D1 and 6A D2. Um, they have five-star defensive end Amaria Boer, um, who is just an absolute freak, which, uh, I mean, just watching him come off the edge is just absolutely nuts. And then four-star Florida State commit Jalen Ely, who plays uh, offensive guard, and he's just a mauler in, on the inside for them. Um, also, Duncanville has been, has been in the state championships the last few years. I'm not, I can't remember exactly if they were there last year, but the most notorious uh, one they were there for was the Hail Mary against North Shore. So they – they know they know what they're up against. They've played that kind of talent, and uh, they're battle tested. But this is going to be an interesting matchup, uh, just with all the the stars on the field. If you had to ask me, um, I hate to do it. I'm probably going to go Mater D just because, like I said, they have four of the top ten recruits from California, and it's just uh, that's going to that's going to be a hard to hard to uh, to overcome, I believe. And by the way, those re- those recruits are all you know high four stars, almost five star recruits. Um, from California. The only thing I could see that unfortunately for the state of Texas, that'll be playing in their favor is that these Duncanville boys, they don't mess around. It's not one of those spread them out and everybody plays out in space that then it there affects the defense. These guys on defense, they're nasty. They're going to hit you. They, just continue. So every time you look at it, you're like, well, they just sent that linebacker to Alabama. They just sent that defensive back to Texas. Well, they're going to have to reload and maybe they'll be, and then just more and more four and five star guys, four and five star talent wise guys keep coming out. But what the one thing that I've noticed about Duncanville coach samples just gets that defense. He gets them nasty and they just are not something to mess with. And like you said about coach samples, I think that just speaks to, uh, to him before he got there, you know, Duncanville always had guys, but when he got there, he really set the culture. And since he's been there for a while and he did the same thing at Dallas skyline. And now that he's been there for a while, it's just like we talked, like you had mentioned, it's next guy up. It doesn't matter if we lost a five-star linebacker uh, or got a four-star defensive back that graduated, you know, it's just next man up mentality. And they've really taken to that. Yeah. I I mean, if, if I was a betting man, I'd have to put my money on Matter Day, but I, I wouldn't count out the idea of them, Duncanville, coming to hitting them in the mouth. And this is not your typical California school that they're playing. This is a, for all intents and purposes, an IMG of the West Coast. Yeah. Um, oh, they can recruit. There's and no- they recruit their tails off. There's yeah. the reason that all those top guys in California are on one team is because mm-hmm. it's planned and recruited to be that way. Yeah. So, Sometimes, you know, when a bunch of athletes get together and they're not necessarily blood brothers, as like a lot of these guys will be, they're all from Dallas. They're the, all these guys raised together in the, in the, oh, same, yeah, Pop Warner together, Pop Warner together, same road, same block, same street, like the, the whole neighborhood. I mean, they all know each other from day one and they're going to go to battle for their brothers. Mm-hmm. That may not be the case there. And sometimes when that happens, you can get a little bit of a softer mentality. Now the athleticism and the playmaking ability will be out the roof and it's going to be one hell of a game. But at the same time, you know, 
when push comes to shove at late late in the game, if it's a close score, I give me the team that's more aggressive and ready to hit somebody in the mouth. For sure. And also you have to think, you know, the game is in Texas. So I don't uh with with California the way it is, I don't know how many of their fans will be traveling uh to Jerry World for that game. So uh it could be real loud in there from that Duncanville side and uh really give them some home field advantage. I, I will tell you that Duncanville messed up by playing this game in Jerry World because that oh, humidity would have been one heck of an advantage on those guys. Yeah, so. yeah. I'd like to talk another uh, about another 6A game uh, that really just caught my eye. Uh, there's some really big-time matchups this week uh, just all over the state, but one that just caught, like I said, caught my eye uh, was number eight, Lake Travis, and number nine, Arlington Martin. So Lake Travis um, last year – Knocked out in the first round by Round Rock. Uh, very surprised by that. However, they have a new transfer from the city of Austin, from Del Valley, by the name of Caleb Burton, who is committed to Ohio State. I believe he's a high four-star or five, high four-star or five-star wide receiver. You pair him up with a quarterback last year whose name is Bo Edmondson. He was the district newcomer of the year. I'm really interested to see what these two can put together this year because before Bo Edmondson, he got, he got banged up a little bit last year. He was really throwing it around and uh, looking good at the QB position. Um, he has, he already has a few offers D one offers from, you know, some, some good size schools uh, like uh, Oklahoma state, you know, some of those kind of schools. And uh, if he has a big time year, I could see some more coming his way this year, but uh, they are playing a tough Martin defense who's led by RJ Cooper, the recent Stanford commit, and then 2023 cornerback five-star Javion Toviano, who's uncommitted, but he's really highly sought after. So this game could be a really interesting game, uh, a little offense versus defense. And I'm not going to say that, you know, like Travis doesn't have a defense or Arlington Martin doesn't have an offense, but that's kind of the uh, what caught my eye is, you know, RJ Cooper coming off the end getting after if can he get after Bo Edmondson and can uh, I, I have to assume Toviano is going to be on Burton so I think that's a cool matchup to see right there just uh you know what could what could come from that moving on to 3A uh this is my favorite matchup um in the smaller school divisions you have number five Malakoff versus number seven Grandview so these two teams know each other very very well at the start of last year Grandview and Malakoff played the, the first week Grandview beat Malakoff 31-24 in overtime. Well, just as fate would have it, they then meet in the playoffs, and it's always hard to beat a team twice in the playoffs, and that's exactly what, that's exactly what happened. Malakoff, or it didn't happen, excuse me, it didn't happen. Malakoff got the best of them in the playoffs and went on to win 24-21. So there's no love loss between these two teams. Every time they get after each other, it is uh, – Every time they play each other, they get after each other. And so this will be a fun one to uh, tune into or, you know, keep up with uh, throughout Friday night just to see what happens. And I want to say on the last game um, in that 24-21 win by Malakoff, or yeah, by Malakoff, it was on the last play of the game is what, I, what I'm pretty sure happened. So yeah. Well, and then the year before that, the year that Grandview won state, Malakoff had lost by one point like, yeah. to Grandview. Um, and Grandview was on like a 18 game win streak that Malakoff put it into. And so that left them out of state. 
Yeah, so over their last four matchups, Malakoff and Grandview have been separated by an average of like basically four points. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a it's it's a knockdown drag out every time they get together. Yeah. And if history tells us anything that to tune into this game this weekend. Yeah, my it probably will go down to the last play like it has the last few times. But moving on to the 2A slate of the week, we have 2A D1 number two Shiner versus Hallettsville, who was a state runner-up in 3A last year. What's interesting about this is they played the first game of the year last year, and Shiner won 44-34. With these schools just a 15-minute drive from each other, it's a pretty good rivalry matchup. And I'm uh, I'm not too familiar with the area, but I can just almost assure you that's probably a big rivalry right there, that Shiner and Hallettsville matchup. Um, it is. Yeah. Definitely. Um, There's a, that, that's one of those situations where, I mean, you have cousins playing against each other. You have yeah. um, brothers sometimes will move schools and play against each other. It, it's a very, it's not quite like a Yoakum Cuero, Sealy Belleville or a situation like that. But I mean, it's about as close as you can get to that. Most, yeah, of, the, yeah. mo- most of the reason, because there's a bunch of Czechs and Germans over there that just want to oh, hang yeah. out and be friendly. So they 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 can only be angry at each other for so long. But on Friday oh, night, the the friendliness won't be there as much. That's what I was about to say. They they they're not for at least one Friday night a year. Yeah. Um, what's a like I said, this is an interesting matchup because you know two AD one Shiner really got the best of them last year, won forty four thirty four. But Hallettsville is no slouch themselves. They uh, were the state runner up. They lost to Jim Ned um, last year. Jim Ned was a heck of a team, so I could see how that happened. But um, this is going to be a really fun matchup, like we were talking about, big-time rivalry right there with Cousins versus Cousins. Uncles, uh, you know, uh, had played in that, that matchup as well. Uh, one thing I'm looking for right here that's going to be the difference maker is Dalton Brooks from Shiner. Uh, big-time athlete, getting looks from all over the, ma- all over the country from big-time major programs. Um, so I'd like to – I'd probably take Shiner again just with, you know, them having the best athlete on the field. Always like to go that route, but I could see this one going either way. Yeah, so obviously Hallettsville is a classification. There might be two. Uh, I think one. Okay, so Hallettsville is a classification above Shiner. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm actually going to go with Shiner on this one as well. You know, his – which one is there, Dalton right now? Doug Doug graduated. So Doug graduated. Dalton's there right now. And their yes. cousin, Jordan, just committed to Texas and signed with them and is a freshman at UT right now. Um, watched both of them in person last year. And Hallsville, did, did he Hallsville play for lost Jordan or Jonathan Brooks. I'm sorry, Jonathan Brooks. Not Jonathan Jordan. played for Hallettsville, right? Jonathan was at Hallettsville, signed with – I mean, I'm pretty sure he was Texas Player of the Year. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. Dude was unbelievable. And I'm I'm telling you, no offense to the other Hallettsville players, but Jordan um, Jonathan Brooks was one point away from winning a state title by himself. Oh my goodness. They lost to Jim Ned by one. Yeah, he dropped the interception, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I remember that. I remember so, uh, watching that. I felt bad for him, man. That was tough. That's tough. Yeah. But, but but at the same time, their O-line was much improved, and their quarterback was way better. So that 20 – last year was 2020. COVID's mm-hmm. going to be messed up. So to, that 2019 team, their O-line had a lot of holes in it. 
and their quarterback couldn't throw more than accurately more than 10 to 15 yards down the field. Um, then you they come back in 2020, and obviously Brooks just made a huge leap. He he was unbelievable still, and he was the year before. But, I mean, he was untouchable that next year. But at the same time, that O-line did improve a lot. I, I was being sarcastic where I said he won it by himself. That O-line did improve. Um, but Jonathan being gone and a lot of that O-line and the quarterback and having to have all that turnover, I just have a really good feeling about Palsville not – necessarily keeping I don't know that they'll even win their district to be honest and uh yeah. Shiner's going to be a shoot not a shoe in but they're going to be one of the favorites to take the state title yeah in the 2A yeah, like division so I, I'm, I'm going to go with Shiner sure. as well Tobes yeah no doubt and that's funny you know we were talking earlier about Cousins and Cousins playing versus Cousin you had the Brooks uh from Shiner playing the other Brooks from Hallettsville so that's kind of you know just speaks to what's going on over there and then the last, uh, there's actually a bunch of good games this this week in uh, 1A, which is our six-man division. But the one that kind of caught my eye was uh, Balmeray. They are 1A D2 number four versus Rankin, which is 1A D1 number five. This is uh, one of those six-man mania matchups that they have out in West Texas. There's a full slate of games throughout the day. I'd really like to make it out to one of these one of those one of these days. Um, it just looks like a really cool deal. Uh, six-man football is is different, um, obviously, in that there's six guys on the field. I, the best way I can to, that I can really uh, explain it is it's like basketball on turf or grass. It is just a high-profile, uh, high-scoring. High um, the ball is just going up and down the field, up and down the field. And uh, if you've never been to a six-man game, they're actually really fun to, to watch. Uh, when I was coaching – we, we didn't have enough guys. We were 2AD2. We didn't have enough guys to fill a, a full varsity or not varsity, JV. So we would, you know, play some of those JV six-man schools. And uh, it was really interesting on how it works and stuff like that, how you have to draw these plays up and uh, just the just the way things, I guess, operate in six-man football. And I really have a lot of respect for those kids and uh, coaches that coach it because you have to be in dang good shape to – keep it rolling up and field the up and down the field the way they do and it's it's funny the uh the field is only 80 yards long but it's wider so uh you really want to try to get to the outside uh and let your guys get get after it if they can get to the outside because if you got a burner he's gone uh with that with that wide side of the field so yeah that's my uh game of the week for 1a balmoray 1a d2 number four versus rankin 1a d1 number five give me balmoray just off history balmoray is always very solid um but um uh like i said i gotta make it out to one of these six-man mania matchups out in west texas for sure and then uh, another game i would like to go watch i have some other travels taking me out of state this weekend but i would love to go catch gettings in belleville i think that is belleville maybe 15th in 4a division two and gettings is 22 i believe they're always got talent over there belleville has a running back committed to baylor um Giddings recently put out a top-notch athlete I don't remember where he went and I'm sure being right there outside of Brenham and in west of all east of Austin they've got all that, that town is just popping and they've got people moving in and they're producing great athletes and they've got a great program that's been doing all has all kinds of winning success over the past couple of years mm-hmm. um and then Belleville and Giddings, they just always play close games. It's kind of like the Malakoff and Grandview deal all over again. 
Um, so if you're in the area, I believe the game is in Belleville, if I'm not mistaken. Let me check. Yeah, and I'm not as well versed on those teams. Uh, I know I want to say there was a kid back in the day uh, by the name of Johnny Jefferson that was from Giddings that went to Baylor. I may be completely off who is pretty good at Baylor. Um, but uh, I like I like the, the matchup right there. I love the little rivalry matchup at the first of the year. Yeah, so the game is the game is in Belleville this week. Go check it out if you're in the area. Uh, like to go catch a Belleville. So I don't, I don't. I'm trying to think of who else would have this mascot. Do you know what Howitzville's mascot is? The Brahmas. Yeah. Well, in Belleville, for they all call them the Bramers. They, but it's the same thing. They they just pronounce it. it's kind of like the that argument that you and I always had about Hubbard. We're the uh, we're the Jaggers instead of the Jaguars. Yeah. So every now and then, people and, and it's like the the video of pronouncing names in Texas, and it reminds me of like when you go to Mahia and it's yeah. So IA and it's everybody says Mexia. It's like no, 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 no. It's Mahia. Exactly. So it's like this old. Go ahead and throw this old. I'll go ahead and throw out there this old joke that my dad used to tell me. He said, there's these two Aggies driving through East Texas on the way back to College Station. And, you know, they, they stayed up pretty late having some fun. And we're hurting a little bit the next morning. They need to stop, get some food to put some grease in their belly, more or less. And so they're sitting there and they're driving. And one Aggie looks over there. There's like, man, I'm starving. We got to get something. I got to put something in my belly. We got to pull over. And he's like, okay, we'll pull over at the next place on the map. And they're like, okay. So they, they go in there and they're in Mahaya. And they keep arguing. Mexia, Mahaya, Mexia, Mahaya. And he's like, dude, I'm telling you, it's Mahaya. I'm from this area. I know. Goes in. He's like, why don't we just ask one of the locals? He's like, okay, whatever. So they go in, get their order the food. And then goes, ma'am, can I ask you a question? She goes, yes, sir. How do you pronounce the name of this place? And pronounce it very slowly and properly so that my buddy over here can understand. She goes, okay. And he looks at him and goes, we pronounce it Dairy Queen. <laughs> yes. So, and that goes into a whole nother deal where he's talking about uh, All right, everybody, that concludes the very first episode of Clear Eyes, Full Hearts. We really appreciate everybody for tuning in this week. We've got a lot planned for you coming up next week, including some new segments and some new interviews. We'll see you next week. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you can't find us there, go to dashtxsports.com, and you can hear and see all of our videos, interviews, and everything will be posted on there. See you next week. Take it easy.